Hey friends, this is another two-part show, and we're going to be talking about nudity, public nudity, being naked and not ashamed. It's in two parts because there's a lot to cover. We're bouncing around a little bit, but in the first part, we talk a little bit more about our background within evangelical Christianity, body issues, and uh, for me, what happened uh, when I was able to finally overcome some of that and take part in uh, first uh, being naked in a public space uh, that was designated for that at a, at a hot spring, and then later going with a bunch of people through the streets of Portland as part of the uh, Naked Bike Ride, the World Naked Bike Ride. I participated in it. I'm going to tell you a little bit about uh, what that was like. And, and a lot of this, really, friends, is about the, the ways in which... Um, as we are leaving our, our background, uh, we're kind of moving out uh, into the world, you don't have to do the things we're doing, but we're hopeful that you will be able to experience some of the, these things or learn some things with us, and some of it will be great, some of it maybe is something you don't definitely ever want to try, but allowing uh, us to kind of take this uh, adventure and then share it with you I think is something that's uh, that's helpful for all of us and uh, then well, we're going to be seeking the answer to the question could I convince Stacy to come along with me to the naked bike ride you're gonna have to listen through to find out but we're so glad you're with us let's go All right, this is a fun topic. It's maybe a, a topic that some folks will find uncomfortable even. So let's, let's break the ice, Stacey, and let's break the ice with a little quiz, kind of like we've been playing online with the family, family feud. Mm -hmm. This is like that top five answers on the board, but this is actually uh, something created by LawnStarter.com, and this is a ranking of cities. And it was the top cities for naked bike riding. I will give you a clue just to calibrate. Irvine is number 100 on the list. So sometimes <laughs> sometimes Irvine gets I'm, to be I'm, the safest city in America. I'm surprised it even was on the list at all. I don't even, I don't even know why it's on the list. I can't imagine that being acceptable uh, <laughs> under any circumstances. But in any case, just for reference, and these are you know larger cities, right? But we're looking for the top five. See if you can guess them. What do you think are the top five cities? This is for, uh, you know, naked bike riding. Is it good weather? Uh, is it, right. uh, but, but most importantly, the laws and the bike safety and, and all that. The best places to naked bike ride. Well, I know Portland's on the list. Portland's on the list. <laughs> number two. I was kind of sad. I always had thought I, we'd be number one, but you've, you've got that. Number two, Portland. Okay. So what is number one? Um, I would say um, New York City should be in there. Somewhere. New York's not even in there. Yeah. I mean, it's not a very safe town in the sense of like yeah. to get naked and that vulnerable. Like I, I think it makes sense. I just thought that being a city and like that kind of thing that you could, you know, maybe just figure out how that would work. But being in New York, I don't think I want to be naked in New York. I, I don't ever, know why. You know? Um, and there's something, and friends, we love it's like everybody. The, it's like the, with all the financial stuff and everything there, it's just like a whole, it's like a business mindset. East Coast. Yeah, well, it could be, it could thing. be, yeah. it could be gritty street stuff, but there's okay. just something about 
the West Coast, and to be honest, sometimes the Midwest and and yeah. some kind of more rural America, mm-hmm. where it seems to be making more sense. I mean, even progressives in in the Northeast tend to just have a different flavor yeah. from you know. So I'm going to go with <laughs> another city, uh, Seattle. Seattle's number three. Okay, you know Portland and Portland is the uh, straight laced version of. Or I'm sorry, Seattle's kind of like the straight-laced business-type version of Portland. As I was talking about uh, to the restaurant, um, they were begging me to find other people to work with us, which is why I have a job uh, in the evenings. Uh, but they, they were saying, yeah, nobody wants to work hmm. in Portland. Mm-hmm. You know. In Seattle, people work. There's some hustle in, in Seattle, but not too much in Portland. Um, gosh. Well, I mean, I don't know. I'm going to say, I guess, San Francisco. San Francisco, surprisingly number seven. So, okay. didn't make the top five. I'm going to have a hard time with these cities then. Um, let me see here. Uh, Denver? Denver is uh, not even in the top 10, but now I guess, <laughs> l- well, let me finish it out then uh, yeah. because this is good. Surprisingly to me. Oh, wait, can I just say one yes, more? Yes, yeah. It might be too hot, but um, Tucson? Tucson would have been great. I don't remember where they placed. Probably too hot. That might be part of it because it could get, it I mean, in the really, summer or they, a cold. They called it the dry hate. Yeah, right? that was, I loved it there, but that's not a place I necessarily want to be naked bike riding. Uh, but then again. You're not going to be cold. Check this out. Number five, St. Louis, the home of the uh, conservative Lutherans. I, I, it wasn't that amazing. I don't know why that's on there. Uh, number four is Austin, Texas. Okay. Makes enough sense. Then we had Seattle, Portland. And then number one. Chicago. Oh, uh, you know, I was going to say Chicago. I forgot about why. That. What would make you think that? I don't well, know. I was just because it's another big city, but it is a big um, city. but I, I guess I'm. I, I would. The reason I didn't mention it, um, and I said New York first, but it's kind of some of the same reasons with New York. Um, but like Chicago, I just remember. Uh, I mean, at least in the area that we were, it was pretty rough, and so you know, and and yeah. if I thought of like. Almost like we came in one time and it was night and the way that the like the freeways were all on top of each other. It didn't it feel like a place I wanted to bike ride. Bike ride, right? But that's the thing. We never really lived where but we're we, kind of living now in Portland, where we're in a in an old residential area. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, if if you were in a similar kind of part of Chicago, I could imagine that it would be uh, kind of similar in terms yeah. of the streets. And, yeah. and my guess is that's kind of like with St. Louis, probably the same thing too. Yes, and I bet San Francisco. You know, you got a lot of the hills. Yeah. It was very nice. Oh, I would, yeah. you know. San Francisco is not going to be as yeah is is uh, friendly for bike riders. At least you'd have to you know you'd have to actually like really plan out the route. Which can I take a little side detour for yeah. a second? Yes, because all of a sudden. Well, by the way, don't side detour, uh, friends. If you are on a naked bike ride, I just want to say as to stay on, t- on theme, <laughs> you do not want to uh, detour. I'm not going to get out ahead of ourselves, but uh, there I will say flash forward. There was a moment where I was on a bike. I was on a beach cruiser that I got in Huntington Beach. Not the best for going back up a hill from downtown, driving from downtown to home. And I am pedaling as fast as I can because if I lose the crew, I'm going to be naked by myself at like 1230 at night in the middle of the city. So not that kind of detour. A verbal (laughs) detour, please. Yeah. All of a sudden, my dream from last night came came to me. Which oh, you is had weird. a dream. Because I wasn't even, I don't know, I wasn't thinking about the bike rides or whatever. But um, so in my mind, I had I had planned and organized like a, a bike ride, right? And, really? Yeah. Something you don't actually tend to do. <laughs> well, I pretty much just said, hey, everybody, let's go on a bike ride, right? That's great. I've been begging for that. That's fantastic. But here's the catch. Uh-oh. Here's the catch. Yeah. So because I was like a newbie at this, I didn't actually like, I, I knew like uh, in 
this imaginary town in my head, yes. but I didn't actually test out the ride. <laughs> and so, you know, I, we're people, I'm like leading the group and we're starting to like, you know, get moving. Cause one of the things too, that's kind of awkward when you're starting any kind of group bike ride is that, that, that stage, that time, it's like a bike walk before you can actually start getting on your bike and like jumping on and making it a bike ride. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I was doing like a little bit of a bike walk and then started riding. And then all of a sudden I realized, oh no, this route has these stairs that go straight down. And then there was somebody that just like wasn't paying attention and just wanted to go full force and they just and then went like straight down and then I was like telling everybody stop stop like you know and then sure enough another person that just wasn't paying attention like went like straight down I was just horrified they were they got up and they were fine but in my dream so you didn't plan properly I didn't plan properly because uh. I didn't like go over the route and so if you're ever planning a bike ride folks what Make it or not, <laughs> it's very important you want that it. you test out the route that mm-hmm. you're going to do before you have everybody. Because mm-hmm. some places are, you know, in your mind, you could imagine how it would work out, but maybe in reality, it doesn't quite. <laughs> so you've been on <laughs> a to- so like well. you're not like when I say, "Hey, let's all go on a bike ride to to the movie theater." You're usually the one to say no. You'd prefer not to. Right. It stresses you out. So like, under no circumstances would I ever predict between now and the end of our lives that you would be the organizer of a bike ride. Unless what do you it's think in this? my dreams. I okay. don't know. <laughs> that is, well, let me swerve us back, swerve us back to the, the story here because, um, you know, that is an interesting, I think what is interesting about the, the whole naked bike ride thing, again, we'll get to the details of what, what that was, uh, it really just relates to human beings' desire to be doing something kind of out of the ordinary with a bunch of other people, mm-hmm. right? So you're doing something Safety different, different, but there's a lot of you. And it's that weird paradox, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? Um, so it's individualistic, it's unique, it's liberating, but you also have a team. It's like line dancing. Well, it's, it's, like a pack. It's, it's like going to a soccer game and chanting. You don't even care who's playing sometimes and you're just like, you know, ole, ole, ole. There's that, yeah, the pack thing, the hive thing. Anyway. So, the naked bike ride, full moon, big thing here in Portland. We knew it was going to happen, mm-hmm. and I knew I was going to do it, but it happens around the world. There's different cities that'll have the naked bike ride. Portland's a pretty big one. But another thing, and that was a big thing that happened recently in the news here, but another thing that happened recently in the news was a 46-year-old man was shot dead at a nude beach outside of Lyon, France. Now, why? Because the guy who shot him was an OG nudist. He was a guy who had been going to this beach for a long time. And uh, there was this other guy, the guy who he shot, was uh, repeatedly masturbating in front of uh, sunbathing women. So... Can you unpack this from from what you understand about the nudist, naturist community? Could you help maybe the listener understand? Now, we've never seen violence. Violence isn't part of the game, certainly not part of the game in France, but not, nor is it in you know the places that we might have run into it here. Mm-hmm. Um, but f- from what you could tell, what would be the, like, why would that, that provoke such rage? Well... I will say that uh, anytime that there is 
that I could known like nude area that like that's acceptable like you know whether it's the beach or you know those spots um I would say in a certain sense there's um for a lack of a better word but there is a a sacredness to it that it's about you know people's personal empowerment and being able to just be totally themselves 100% their true selves uh it's not a voyeuristic thing Right. Um, it's not, you know, it's not a sexual thing. No, it is not. And so if somebody comes in that space bringing that voyeurism or that sexuality piece to it, um, it's, 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 they become a predator. It's not, it's not an acceptable form of expression in those safe spaces for being nude because it turns it into something else. Right. So, I mean, of course, in, 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 you got to listen, listener. We're not saying that there's ever a situation where uh, just masturbating in public at people would be an acceptable thing. But what makes it, I think, so interesting is that you said it's a sacred space. These, these naturist, nudist, mm-hmm. uh, clothing-optional spaces are kind of sacred spaces, uh, partly because being vulnerable has to come with this uh, understanding that the community is going to be protecting itself. And there is kind of an anarchism to it. Right. In that the idea is, you know, part of the connection to anarchism is the stripping down, literally and metaphorically, of hierarchical relations. And in many ways, clothing is something that helps to stratify us. Mm -hmm. Right? So when I was growing up, not having uh, the, the coolest clothes showed where I was economically and socially and on the cool factor and that sort of thing. Um, Gender, men and women, kings versus peasants. You know, in the Middle Ages, you couldn't wear certain types of fabric because it it was only for the another class, mm-hmm. you know, and so you wanted to, to dress or you're supposed to dress according to your strata in society. So, in that that world, that kind of anarchist world, not everybody who's a nudist is an anarchist, but there is that resonance with anarchy. And in that kind of world, you don't rely on the police to come in. Right. You're you're gonna say, hey, like everybody's gonna be safe here, and we're all looking out for everybody. No one's gonna be in any coercive situations, any offensive situations. It is not erotic. So breaking that rule. This old guy said, hey, no, I don't want anybody to, to be thinking that that's part of the game here. Right. Now, so, obviously, an extreme reaction, so we're against violence for even better reasons. Yeah. Um, yeah, definitely sending a message. But I think that's the reason I wanted to bring up that story and a comment on that story is, while, again, it's usually a very safe place, there is a sense in which one of the things uh, we want to share with you, dear listener, is that, at least I will say for myself, and then maybe I'll... I'll let you kind of unpack your experience, Stacy. But for myself, um, one of the things I've noticed is it's incredibly liberating and healing. So experiencing these clothing optional spaces and public nudity has been very helpful and healing to me and has reduced anxiety. I don't know exactly all the reasons. My suspicion is when I was, when I've been in those spaces, once you kind of get over the fact that you're naked in public, Mm -hmm. then all of the other ego issues are kind of irrelevant. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like you're already, you're basically down to the most vulnerable you can be. So whether you've got the coolest 
anything. You know what I'm saying? You don't right. have anything. That that's part of you to kind of strip right. down. Right. Um, but I've also noticed that in just a few cases, there are some spots or some ways in which somebody who wants to kind of get in and and experience some of the stuff we might talk about, you want to also just be safe and and somewhat cautious. And that is, you want to be at a spot. You want to be in a place where there's actually kind of maybe more people. Um, instead of, you know, just being all by yourself sometimes. Right, I right. mean, maybe, but I think you're, you know, going to find that a lot of times people that want to try public nudity might want to go somewhere that's really remote. And we've never had any problems in that regard, but I think there's something about that community looking out for you and looking out for the weirdos. But I will say, and maybe let's just get into, get into this, um, because there's there are spaces that we've been in terms of uh, camping, hiking, overlanding. So, uh, you know, whether or not we're participating as non-clothed campers or, uh, you know, hot, hot springs bathers, uh, we've seen enough of these spaces to know that there's a certain archetype, all right? And I want you to describe this archetype. It's the, the person we call the Baptist preacher oh gosh so t- tell me about the baptist preacher at at uh, clothing optional spaces uh so okay first of all uh i would say every hair on their head is perfect like combed back or something it's like they've like <laughs> that's funny i don't notice that yeah yeah perfect like yeah they've got you know they're they're well manicured like yes. and their hair it all has a place there's yes. like and all the stuff they um they are definitely never part of the naked group they're always wearing clothes yes and they are often trying to find an excuse to be there right uh so they're making up something so that they can either talk to people or be in that space with their clothes on and somehow you know not look weird. Um, and if anybody happens to recognize them, then of course they were just looking for their dog that got away or right. this sight to see or whatever. There's an excuse right. to be there so that they won't get judged mm-hmm. um, if they accidentally run into somebody in their community right. um, that, that sees them. So they want to see a bunch of naked bodies. Yes. It's titillating to them and they walk up and down the beach or looking they hang out in that space. Looking for whatever it is they're looking for. Right. So that right. it offers the, you know, the available excuse for them to be in that yes. space. And I, you know, there's, you know, it's oddly enough, there is absolutely no, um, you know, internet searching that, that you can trace back to them. Yeah. Uh, you know, if, anybody happened to recognize them they were just looking for their dog nothing or wrong with hiking um for, for example there's a really cool and sometimes it, it is legitimately obviously there are people that go to these places and are not interested in being naked and they're not interested in in leering at people for instance um there you know i think i saw two types at one place we were when we were living on the road for a while we were at a, a, a hot springs in the mountains, beautiful, beautiful hot springs uh, in the mountains in Colorado. Mm-hmm. And um, there's a bat cave there, and we saw hundreds of thousands of bats blasting out, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and Boy Scouts and you know, Girl Scouts would come up and hike up there. So it was the same space, though. That land trust was dedicated to providing a safe place for naturists, nudists. Mm -hmm. Uh, I'm just going to say nudists from now on. Naturist, I think, is just fine. It's a a way of of talking about 
nudism in a way that doesn't emphasize the mm-hmm. nakedness, but rather being connected to nature. I get that. We use nudism for ourselves today. But, um, so you get nudists hanging out, and then you've got other people hiking up to see the bat caves. But you can kind of tell when somebody's going to see the bat caves and when somebody's pretending to be lost, kind of wandering through spaces. And while it's not really uh, an immediate threat, it isn't something that is part of the vibe that I'm interested in. I'm not really interested in seeing Baptist pastor walking by. Yeah, and I, I'll seems say, violating. I will say a couple things. One is there is absolutely no shame in solo traveling, but yeah. it is a little weird when that particular guy with that particular look who constantly is coming up and talking to people or getting as close as they can. Sorry, Baptist. We don't know for sure that he's Baptist. Could by, be Wesleyan. <laughs> I, I feel like I would just say pastor. I would just pastor say guy. pastor guy. Yeah. It doesn't have to be. It's just, I think the any, haircut you were saying though, yeah. there, there is. Well, and there's a, there's a, a salesman-iness to this particular person. Evangelical not all, not all Baptist pastors yes. are like this, but I am saying <laughs> that there is a, a, a group that might, you know, you, I think you can, you know, they just, you, they're that stereotype. This is just a stereotype. Type we're saying that we're profiling people here, yes. but, but but that's but that's the the but thing it, is I, I get the sense that if you saw this person, they look like the kind of preacher they look like preachers that condemn immodesty. Yes, yes. They look like people that are like really upset when women don't have long enough skirts, and this is what they're doing on the weekend. And I will say I've had enough experiences that um, all of the alarm bells go off in me yeah. when one of these people are in my midst. Like yeah. literally, like my body. You know, even if I have you know clothes on, because I usually mm-hmm. do. Very rarely. Um, Will I ever be there naked? Um, just because I have been so traumatized. Uh, but everything about me is like, you're the reason that I find it hard to right. be naked in this space. Right. Like that kind of person. You, you kind then, of need everybody to be on the same page. Right. For it to and work. then the other, the other way that it is often done on the sly is if there's somebody that like has a paddleboard or something like that, mm-hmm. that can like come from a clothed area, fully wearing clothes and then getting really close to the shore in yeah. the, in the spots that are, the, or the CDs. There's always like optional. Yeah. Conservative, CDs. conservative kids playing country music that'll roll up on a boat and go near the nude uh, area. Right. Yeah. So there's, there's a lot of, not a lot. There are those, those are the exceptions. Those are the ones that, mm-hmm. you know, kind of like infiltrate the space and, um, m- you know, make it a little less comfortable, um, especially for somebody like me. Uh, but by and large, <laughs> um, I would say that uh, I have been pleasantly surprised to find that most people don't even care that anybody's naked. They're just in their own little space Mm -hmm. and doing their own thing. And they're just, it's not about being a looky-loo. It's just, it's all about your personal empowerment and just being in your own situation. And when you start to see so many bodies, it's not even a big deal. It's like, it doesn't matter how thin or heavy or what your body looks like it just, yeah. it, it do, all shapes and forms come out and i i find it um incredibly like like i just like it, it's it, it makes me happy that um people can feel so comfortable to be that vulnerable and just be themselves and it 
is not a big deal. <laughs> I think that's that's why I wanted to share this all with the the audience. If we're talking about full spectrum emancipation, one of the things that being in these spaces has taught me, and I think you would agree, is that there is this aspect of society that's so deep. And it, by the way, it goes into the very beginning of the, the opening part of the Bible itself, this question of being naked and, and ashamed or naked and not ashamed. It's so deep with, within us that if you can kind of figure that out, it unlocks a lot of other stuff mm-hmm. about yourself and your relationship to yourself, your body and others. And um, I agree before we would ever get to a spot where we would even entertain doing it ourselves, we could easily see that there was a certain kind of person now that was naked, not ashamed and empowered. And it was very, we envied them and it was so beautiful to see them being themselves. Right. And I would say that especially I've noticed a lot of the times where people will come, it seems to be almost like a ritual. Like they're going to go, they're going to get naked. They're going to go take a swim in the water and they're going to like put their arms out and feel yeah. okay. It's and then they it's, towel it's off like, and go it's like, home. It's like reclaiming themselves, I think, you yes. know, there's obviously probably some past trauma there that they're overcoming. It feels like that. I know it, and it can be for us. So let's maybe then get to you. So uh, I am the kind of person on the one hand who definitely is going to love that kind of thing, mm-hmm. right? Like, theoretically, I'm the person who would be down to just, yes, let's just like, let's just live like barbarians or, you know, you know let's, be, uh, uh, let's be naked and, and hippie all the time. Like, that's the kind of thing I would want to do. Except I've got that deep body image issue stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, just, I don't know, go, going back to Orange County, growing up in Orange County, California, we realize it... I just don't think it'd be as easy to do uh, what we've seen and done um, in California. Right. I know there's, I think, Black's Beach near San Diego, near our property. Like, I'd never been there. Right. I- I'm not really interested. I felt like that's not a place where I would feel comfortable because California, even when you're wearing a bathing suit, in my experience, was often very judgy mm-hmm. with yes. appearance. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, even if it doesn't matter now, just that space is different. Uh, not so in the Pacific Northwest, friends. You mm-hmm. know, like, mm-hmm. it's great. Nobody cares. Right. <laughs> like, nobody's really worried about themselves or others in that regard. And, um, but I but I would say that, uh, so, like, California wouldn't make sense. But really, for me, it goes back to um, having one of the kids in uh, 1991 or something when I'm a you know, junior in high school. I got pantsed. Hmm. By the way, even interesting thing, I will say this, got pantsed in Washington, D.C., in the middle of a street with thousands of evangelical kids at a conference. And then the, uh, then the other high school girls made fun of me. I had, it was just horrific. Just horrific. And I go back and I, I would say, uh, I, I would say, even despite whatever you think about your own, like, physical, like, you no, know. it's traumatizing. It's very, especially uh, that age. But I realize now, even at, like, at, at any age, like, if you go to, like, the, the nude beach, like, people, like, if you're a kid, if you're a young person, you haven't seen a lot of naked bodies, then the, the nakedness you might have seen would have been in porn, maybe? And mm. you're going to see you know, erect penises Mm. and generally erect penises that, you know, 
are going to be <laughs> worthy, apparently, of, of being in pornography, right? But when you go to a, when you go to like any of these naked events, people are just people, people are normal, and it's like it, you don't get into that same weird headspace as much, right. you know. So, but I didn't know this. Do you know what I'm saying? Right, and, I, right. and so, um, so anyway, my point is, I would have said even a year ago that I theoretically am cool, or maybe a couple years ago, I theoretically am cool with being naked in public, but I definitely wouldn't do like the naked bike ride. Mm-hmm. In other words, like I will say the first time I've ever, I ever was naked in public, it was so dark you couldn't see anything. It was at a, a hot springs in Colorado. It was delightful. It was wonderful, but it wasn't really risky. It just, it was pitch black. I couldn't see five feet in front of me. Right. Um, and I and I definitely did not um, go into the hot springs that time because I I was I stayed back with the first the tent time with the kids the first time I ever was at a place like that we were at a hot springs that was you had to wear clothes during the day but at night mm-hmm. then you could then uh, right. people were there and, and you it could was be naked. of all ages and everything you did uh, not come for the uh, the daytime and everything um, I think. I don't think minors would come to the No, night. and I think they might not even be allowed, allowed after, at that yeah, place. So right. that's one of the options yeah. at that particular place. Um, but yes, no, I stayed, we had little kids at the time, and I stayed in the tent with them, uh, and I had no desire yeah. <laughs> to, to go. No, 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 you wouldn't even yeah, come. Yeah, I mean, I, I loved the excuse that, you know, I'll stay with the kids. <laughs> but I will say, just to kind of cut to the chase, that the experience of being able to just like, and I'll say skip into the naked bike ride with all with a ton of people and just being in public, riding down the street past all of my favorite restaurants. We went down Mississippi, but past the place where I work, went past... Um, uh, in fact, I will, I will say uh, that, that that itself, incredibly liberating. And then within 15 minutes of just being able to be me and be comfortable being me and realizing that I don't... Why do I care anyway? what people think like forcing yourself to do that is kind of like having a fear of of snakes well, what's that and one? then like what's that verse immersing yourself in in like boa constrictors what's that verse well stacy i'll jump to the verse if you want are you talking about where the disciples ask jesus uh, how shall how they how they will behold the kingdom yes uh so there is an account of a, a jesus and the disciples and it goes like this uh, the disciples said, when will you be shown forth to us and when shall we behold you? Jesus said, when you strip naked without being ashamed and take your garments and put them under your feet like little children and tread upon them, then you will see the child of the living and you will not be afraid. So that's actually though from the gospel of Thomas, there's also a Greek fragment of it. But basically there is... Oh, so it's not in the Bible. It's not in the Bible. Gotcha. Um, but again, and we've, we've been kind of tinkering around with this uh, Gospel of Thomas stuff on, on occasion, um, that even though the Gospel of Thomas itself is not really helpful about the historical narratives about Jesus, it does seem to include interesting statements that could go back to Jesus. Gotcha. Um, because it has these kind of, um, this like teachings, mm-hmm. kind of like uh, the source document called Q. But regardless of whether Jesus said it, I think it's 100% true. Yes, I, I you agree. See, I agree. How will you know the kingdom of God? You will know the kingdom of God when you're finally able to get naked and dance on your clothes. 
Why do you think that is? You because agree, then but, that's yeah. a world without the perverts. That's the world without the <laughs> voice. <laughs> yeah, whatever. All that stuff. And um, and then you're just free and you're, you're truly yourself. You're not hiding behind anything. Ego's down. Yeah, ego's down. Like, it's just like you're laid bare. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's kind of, I mean, I would say that any, you know, like being authentic to like with anything, you know, and you're... Mm-hmm religious walk or whatever that looks like your spirituality or whatever if you have the opportunity to like lay yourself bare whatever that Mm -hmm. is like to whomever it is um you know whether it's god or Mm -hmm. whatever that is for you like i don't know but i'm just saying like laying yourself bare um is is sort of like you know here i am and like this is (laughs) this is it there's nothing to hide behind yeah and i think that um that's uh it, the ability to do that shows sort of yeah that lack of ego there's that that growth there and that authenticity and truly being just <laughs> who you are without any other decorations or layers and and i think that we love to de- do- adorn ourselves with all sorts of things right yeah. titles mm-hmm. you know <laughs> clothes belongings, house, whatever. Right. And we put up all of these things to make us look and appear a certain way. Right. But as we know, all of those things are stripped away when you, yeah. when you're, when you, when you're dead, right. You, you can't take any of that with you. Mm-mm. That's all staying here. And mm-hmm. so in a weird sense, it's finding that, that piece yes. while you're still living. And then it's kind of like, it, it, it to me feels like the if you die before you die, you don't have to die yeah. kind of thing. Because if you can get naked in public, you can die better. It's a very strange right. equation. And I mean, when I read that and I, I mentioned it to you, I think we both said this was not too long ago, but you know, a while ago. I read this verse from the Gospel of Thomas, and I think we both said, This is true, mm-hmm. and we can't do it. Right. I think we said, I think I realized that we cannot ever truly be enlightened. We, in this life, we are, we are not going to be able to make it to full spectrum emancipation because we just simply have too many hangups about being naked in public. Yeah, that's true. And I just thought, I said, nope, can't do that. Do you know what I'm saying? Right. Like, I, no, no, I don't think I can do that, you know? Yeah. And uh, so having done it, I'm in heaven. <laughs> no, I mean, not really. But I mean, like, there's other things. But I'm saying, I, I, I think it, it is confirmed for me that, that being... The, the freedom, the that liberation. That freedom, that liberation, and that healing. Well, and, that it's, healing. and it's reclaiming your body back. Yes. And reclaiming my connection to nature. It's, there's just, there's mm-hmm. so much to it. It's just, it, it is so spiritual, I never even realized how important it would have been. Now, there are some people who get super into it, you know, and they have the Christian naturist societies and all that. That's, that, that's not what we're talking about here, although we're going to mention some of those organizations historically. But I think being able to be okay with your body is a very important thing. Now, that said, if you can't, you know, do, do what you can, you know, right. be, be where you're at when you're at that spot. There's a group of people, never nudes. <laughs> I don't know if it's, it's a parody or not. There's a naked bike ride. There's also the never, never nudes uh, in Portland here. And they wear jorts, jean shorts, and um, they uh, do their own bike ride. <laughs> so they want to be left out. Mm-hmm. But, um, but there are people that don't even like being naked by themselves at home when they're sleeping. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And so there is, there is that. And I get it. So, but if you can overcome it, sometimes even people, especially people who are uncomfortable being naked, mm-hmm. being naked in that extreme way 
Without, we're not talking about being a streaker here, friends. Right. Yeah. Although I will mention some Christian streakers uh, by the end of this uh, journey here. But anyway, so 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 we started out. We we're in we we're in the uh, the mountains, mm-hmm. and that's kind of how this really gets started. We're part of the overland living in your vehicle culture. One of the things I think was wasn't even the Tuttles that went to Hot Springs. Yes. Yeah, our, they our said that they Lutheran Christian friends, the Tuttles who are living in a in a in a overland vehicle. Yeah, they they said that um, you know one of their favorite things to do because they would have you know always you know of course the overland the four wheel drive and they can get into places that a lot of people can't and so one of their favorite things is to find hot springs um, often that would you know be including off roading and stuff like that um, and then for themselves they enjoyed it but also often <laughs> the people that they meet at these hot springs uh, they and often become lifelong friends with because if you're also uniquely in the position to get mm. some kind of vehicle in these spots and also are after the same thing, mm-hmm. you have a lot in common as yeah. as a couple. And and usually you have, you know, travel stories that you can swap and, um, and you may not even cross paths ever again because you are the kind of couple that is off out and adventuring, you know, um, unless you are intentional about it. But it's just a neat way to almost like meet people and become automatic friends. Yeah. And so being part of that, we realized, well, wait a minute, there's these very decent, innocent people that do this mm-hmm. and they're conservative Christians, more conservative than we are. That's kind of interesting. Um, but anyway, um, but then just kind of like, you know, ran into that at different spots as we go around the country, because you should know that for whatever reason, I mean, obviously it's because it's moisture and, and heat and all that, the whole culture of hot springs has historically been clothing optional. So you're hiking somewhere, you get to the hot springs, whether you like it or not, pretty likely that there's going to be some people that want to be clothing optional at the hot springs. Mm-hmm. And, and, Not always know, the case at a beach. Get, you know, you, you take the journey, get kind of in the middle of nowhere and it, you know, it's something that you would yeah. consider. Right? It's part of it. And it, yeah, I mean, so what, so, um, so at that spot, um, we, I tried it. You did not. Then later we went back. Mm-hmm. So t- pick up the story now from, from your vantage point. I said, you know what I'm going to do? I'm actually going to go, kind of in the time when people could, I could be seen, like there's some light out and I was uncomfortable, but it was important. And I started getting comfortable a little bit, but you know, you kind of like, you got a towel and you, you pop into a hot, hot tub and you, and you're out. It's not like you're like mm-hmm. walking around, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Um, so I started, you know, doing that. And then I, at some point, what was the first time you ever came with me. I think maybe it was after everybody went to bed. Um so the very the very first time was when um I believe when um we went back as a family and we had even Sydney with us and so you know, we, we, we talked so that we, you know, yeah. it, we're going to go at different, different times. times and well, so. th- this, we got to tell the story. This is a good one. Augie and Sydney are, uh, we were saying, Hey, you know what? This is fun. You're like, a, like you're allowed to, to be there. It's cool. So they're out and everything's fine. And they're, they're going to, they're going to go. There's, what you have to understand is that this, like this place that we were at, there was multiple different pools and then one huge pool that like, you don't have to run into anybody. It's like, like a mini lake. Yeah. It's like this, like big 
pool area and stuff. So anyway. Um, so we're on the other end of the lake, and all of a sudden we can hear that somebody's hassling our kids yeah. on the other side of the lake, and they're shining a flashlight on them. Well, and largely because... so. After a certain time, anybody that bought a day pass is supposed to be gone. So they kick out the locals. And they saw, they saw a car in the parking lot, and then they profiled them as somebody mm-hmm. that wasn't supposed to be an overnight camper. Right. But they were actually overnight campers. You know, when you're a young person, you know, trying this out for the first time, you know, you don't really want flashlights on you and no. people hassling you. So then all of a sudden, we got into this weird spot where now a naked Stacy <laughs> is, is wandering out going, hey, leave our kids alone. <laughs> I'm like, they have a camping spot. And I'm freaking spot. out They're naked on the be beach. Here, and, then, and then Augie's like, stay away from us. <laughs> and we're like, nobody's want to help. He's like, no, I don't need your help. <laughs> I think they appreciated it. Like, they were oh, being no, hassled. no, I know. But I mean, but, it was, un- yes, but yeah, it was, it was kind un- of like. That's not what we were hoping for. It was like for two for. seconds, we all kind of like announced ourselves. We couldn't see anything. No, really. we couldn't. Get them off their backs. And then we were like. Kind of all looking around like disperse, you know. <laughs> you and I, I think just grabbed our stuff and left. We're like, okay, leave the kids alone. I don't know. Like this. But anyway, yes. So that was that. Um, that was yeah. That was so, the first time. Still very dark though. It's not the kind of thing where people are going to see you. Yeah. Um, and there was, I would say that um, for the most part, like largely my whole experience is, um, I'm really not comfortable unless it is like one of those like in the middle of the night kind of things um uh fully just because i've just i think that i do have too much um too much body image and trauma related to mm. uh just nakedness and sexuality in general um and so it's really hard for me to overcome some of that like i i do think that um yeah i just it's one of those things where um, I kind of have to like work through when I'm thinking of like going to one of these spots and being naked, it forces me to sort of work through some past traumas. And um, unless I'm in the space to really do that, which um, I was able to, you know, not that long ago to kind of like process it a little bit more. Um, and it, it gave me then... Um, finally the confidence at one point to in the middle of the day be able to be um, naked on some level but then creepy pastor <laughs> comes by and I throw on clothes and I clam back up again mm-hmm. so I don't know um, and sometimes like kind of gearing up for it it has made you physically tired oh it's it's draining it's like, emotionally we camp somewhere once physically it's like the first two nights you had to so much because there's so much trauma and yeah. and like just even um just even like the way that church had like given me this image of like like nudity is like being bad like um our naked body is you know mostly you know just more shamefulness to it than Mm. there is positivity. And um, I think part of it was just like, especially as like a teenager when, um, you know, you're like your church and everything is like instilling so much, like sex is only for marriage and all these other things. And like, Mm. you just hear all of this stuff about masturbation and sex. And then it just like, you just, 
all of a sudden, like you're, you know, you're a teenager and you've got hormones and you get, you know, like, ooh, like a little flutter in your body for something that you can't even help because it just happened. And you're now like, I was in the thinking, oh, this is bad. I'm sinning, you know, and somehow I'm lusting after something. And like, so I think that just being so afraid of like doing something that was sinning is just, it was so traumatizing that I almost like just would try to like just almost wipe that out from my body like just like ignore it like don't let it be like don't it's not an experience that is allowed or you know and so it just came with so much um in a weird way it's sad because like (laughs) I mean, we're, we're what we're born naked, right? Like, Mm -hmm. like we come, we, we come, we come naked, but then to like clothes were an invention, right? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Obviously with, you know, I guess, you know, the Bible talks about even Adam and Eve, you know, covering up with fig leaves all of a sudden, you know? Um, And before that, I guess, you know, they weren't, but all of a sudden when you enter into when, when people start putting things to it, that are perversions of it, like, Mm -hmm. then that's where it it goes wrong. And I think too much, um, because society is like, so like nudity almost comes like hand in hand with like sexuality or something or eroticism. And I don't believe it should be that way. And, but, but because those two are so married because of people, I guess, being told certain things are bad or wrong or immoral or whatever, that it almost turns then any nudity into a type of perversion or something. And so it, what wasn't probably sinful, then all of a sudden becomes sinful. Well, this is the key, Stacey. This is the key because the, the, what this really reveals is that pornography and and illicit and shameful, you know, pornography uh, is created, and I'm saying this from the perspective of, you know, growing up in Christian circles, is created by uptight white men, typically, and mm-hmm. like other races as well. Um, but, like, that was what our experience was. So, don't show this part of your body. All of a sudden, making that part of the body taboo makes it more... Exciting, yeah. So it could be ankles, it could be breasts, but like as you pull back on how much you're covering, you also change how much that part of the body is erotic and and stimulating to these onlookers, right? Right. Well, and and then the other thing too is like even just like from my past, like literally when we were getting married, it was almost like everybody there were so many comments like, oh, they get to have sex, you know, yeah. like uh, that was like the big deal of like, <laughs> oh, we're getting an evangelical, married and, ooh, uh, we know what they're going to do and tonight. And it felt like invasive and, in yeah, a way, right? Like, right? Okay, yeah, you, you're, you're, you know what I'm doing now under these, yeah, and that was part of, I think, the voyeurism, the, yeah, the kind and, of voyeurism. And I would also say that it was incredibly traumatizing for me to be like, no, 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 no sex, no sex. Oh, bam, here now, tonight. Yeah. It's fine, and yeah. they're on afterwards. Yeah. It's totally fine. I, I, I literally kept waking that our like first night of being mm-hmm. married in the same bed. I kept waking up and freaking think, out because you're naked. And I'm thinking <laughs> I, there's something wrong. Like I, you know, right. like and I like almost having like little mini panic attacks. Yes, you know. Yes, and 
again, like, cause it's like the church is like, oh, it's all great. And you know, like only when you're married, but all of a sudden you're supposed to flip a switch yes. as soon as you're married and everything's different and you don't really know what you're doing. You don't know, like, you, yeah. you know, like there's so such limited exposure to any of it that it's like quite a roller coaster. I, I did not, I did not realize, I mean, on my honeymoon, how much pain I was going to be in, you know, just from soreness. Right. Mm-hmm. Like, you don't you don't get told that, you know? You mm. think of like sex is this like amazing beautiful thing and like as a woman like it, if if your body's not used to it, it hurts in the beginning. It, mm. you know, and like literally it was it was we were trying to go and see England and travel and walk and all this stuff and my insides I'm just like in pain, you know? Mm. So anyway, for <laughs> just, <laughs> yeah, just well. for anybody that doesn't know, like that, like just maybe maybe okay. don't plan on hiking yeah. everywhere uh, if you're if you're not used to. Um, you know, sexual activity. And we had, prior we had to it wasn't like we had no sexual activity before we just got so married. limited. Right. Yeah. You know that it was like it was it was just one of those things where um, anytime that we did it was more it was like you know not so much like in the penetration because yeah. that was so wrong right right i never even really thought about it till just now but that makes sense it was you know yeah. everything but mostly right. you know, and then it, of course yeah. there were a couple times the passion took over yeah. um but like that was just so limited that my body it was not i was not used to yeah. it like it was just so sore so going to that point though then just being naked with your spouse in a hotel it just felt really weird you know what i'm saying i mean i'm sure that would be for anybody if it's the the, the change of their life but for me it was it was a little traumatizing because, interesting yeah cuz even it was like the hormones at the time because I mean, I don't know. I I just had these feelings for you. Like it was, you know, that I, I think it was completely natural for me to have those feelings, but the church saying like how horrible that is, unless you're married, there was just so much trauma attached to like trying not to give into any of those hormones or those feelings. So not being able to like, um, experience it without guilt. Mm was really difficult. And so then all of a sudden, again, I'm supposed to flip the switch and now this is a wonderful, pleasant, happy thing. Um, and you know, you're, it, I think your body needs time <laughs> to, mm. you know, get used to the fact like, Oh, this is okay. This is appropriate. And you know, this, you know what I'm saying? And so, but that takes, that takes a long time. And, and then on top of that, just the, just the general uh, body issues that I had had just like, Growing up, you know, I'm in a Southern California area where, you know, every, like, I don't know, Hollywood's right nearby. And, and all of the the magazines, you know, the girl magazines, like, get ready for your summer bikini body. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and, like, these exercises that you can do. And, you know, and I even, I, I even went to the tanning salon sometimes, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, not very often. I knew people that were far more into it. <laughs> but, yeah. but definitely there was a few times, you know, because you've got to, like, get that base first, you know, mm. so that I don't just like burn afterwards. Cause it was like, not just, not just how thin you are, but also do you have the perfect skin color and all mm-hmm. this? I mean, it's just crazy. Sorry. So you're bringing all that to everything camping and, and going of, into, you know, into a river. All of us. And so it's a lot to get over. It's a lot. Yeah. And, and then just other sexual traumas that I don't want me need to, or want to go into. Um, at this point, but, um, uh, yeah. Related, related to, uh, illicit 
voyeurism is part of it. And so I think the idea of being swimming and not knowing for sure if you're able to have, you know, consent over your own space and people looking at you, Mm -hmm. that's tied in with this. And being shamed for... Yeah, and, and in other contexts, and then for me, um, you know, if I, I was going back over it, I almost—I'm not even going to read it because I was—I was going to read a couple examples of Christian school uh, dress codes, but they're almost—they're almost so creepy. I just don't want to like—I don't mm-hmm. want to be in that space anymore. But just suffice it to say, you could look them up on your own. When you see youth pastors and church people. Uh, Sending letters to parents. Mm. This is the thing that really started to freak me out over the, over the time. Even people I thought would be otherwise kind of normal, just spending so much time talking about teenage girls' like butts and like how much needs to be covered. Like it it puts the on the paper everybody's attention oh, I know, to something I know. that I hadn't been thinking about. Right. Like I'm like, does does nobody else realize how? creepy it is that they're talking in so many specific ways about so many different options for how people are dressing it 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 it's uncomfortable yeah. <laughs> and the attention to measuring the 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 girls uniforms in the in the parochial schools and uh, no bare midriff and all, all this it just says to me this is where people's heads are the old dudes running the thing. Mm-hmm. And while, you know, I understand the argument from, you know, women who wear the burkas and, and hijabs, like taking away the ability, taking away the ability of others to objectify you sexually is an, is a move. It's a strategy and you're welcome to it. But there's also the strategy of folks that I think now are on a different angle, more radical leftist angle, more anarchist angle. And that is uh, in the case of the naked bike ride, there is an element of pro- protest. Yeah. That's well, that's what makes so, it legal by the way. You're like yeah. the thing that makes the the naked bike ride legal is it's a it's a form of protest. It's not you just exposing yourself. It's not public indecency. It's a it's a protest. And the thing is to call attention to our overdependence on cars. So it's like, you know, I have seen PETA do does this. They'll have women in body paint naked in a cage that draws people's attention, but then their message is primarily about the mistreatment of animals Mm -hmm. so this this naked bike ride though is a way of in in another sense saying um i am taking back this territory my body and i'm now de-eroticizing it yes and and that's that's the one thing too really quick just to go back to the um the dress codes and stuff like that it all kind of comes like one of the disturbing pieces to a lot of the ways that it's handled is that the women are doing something wrong if they are tur- if they turn a man on, right. and is if the onus is on the woman and and their fault for how they're dressing, right? Rather than men, I mean, can't right. you just handle this thing over here and right. like I don't know, like just because you see something beautiful or maybe something that you yeah. want or maybe something you're lusting right. after, that's your issue, yeah, not theirs. People should be able to dress how they want i believe like how they feel comfortable and just because you might you know want i don't know a little more airflow and have a midriff top or mm. something like that i mean it, that does not mean that that's a signal number one that you want some guy to come after you mm. or two that even if they get turned on that it's your fault right anyway i just want to point that out because yes. i do think that we've incorrectly put um the blame 
Yes. On the women. And Big part of evangelical any, any of the culture. actions of what the men. Big part of rape yes, culture so, in evangelicalism. Yes. And, I, yep. and it's, a, yeah, it becomes a justification for actions that are just simply unacceptable. Yeah. And, it's, and very, and very little discussion for young men about uh, consent. Yes. And about how they should behave well, and a and, lot of talk about how women should be modest. Correct. So enough on that, um, I think. And if we, you want to, you were talking about the naked bike ride. Sorry. Yeah. I, I well, no, 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 that's good. So because of this, we saying about the naked bike ride as a way of taking back territory right. and being naked in these clothing optional spaces as a way of taking back this territory and saying, I can feel even sexy, but most importantly, it's not that I'm free and I'm, I am not going to let your creepiness determine what I've got to do in my space. Correct. So that's really important. So let's, uh, let's pause here for part one. And what I want to do when we return is I want to uh, talk about uh, your uh, lead up to this thing I'm trying to get you to go to, the naked bike ride that happened recently. So did I go on did the Did you naked? go on the naked bike ride? Uh, what, uh, what was learned from the whole thing? You know, I've got some reflections. And, um, and then um, I'm also on the uh, part two, we're going to talk a little bit about the history of Christian nudism. And uh, it's kind of a, an, an interesting story over the centuries. So uh, come back. We look forward to talking with you or kind of talking and then you listen in the meantime. Peace upon peace. Uh, thank you so much, friends, for joining us for this episode of the Protect Your Noggin podcast. You want to join in on the conversation? We'd love to respond to your questions or comments on a future show. You can record a message by going to protectyournoggin.org and clicking on the blue voice message button. And don't worry about getting it perfect since you'll have five minutes and a chance to preview your message before sending. You can also send an email if you're not comfortable with leaving a voice message. Please also follow us on Twitter at the PYNP and rate and review us on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. And if you found this show of any help, uh, why not share it with a friend? Until next time, peace upon peace, friends. But he said that wasn't any letter. He said I was going out of my mind. Not going out of your mind. You're slowly and systematically being driven out of your mind. Why? Why? Perhaps because you found this letter low too much. <laughs>